Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And I know this is the NFL side here, but we got to talk about it. Week one of college football starts tonight. It's officially, officially really back. Backyard brawl tonight, Pitt versus WVU. Penn State versus Purdue, both of our teams going tonight, which means an even more distracted show than usual. But we should have Austin in a good mood, right? What? How's the how's the backyard brawl going? Yeah, I heard I heard my name. What? <laughs> how's the uh, how's the backyard brawl going? Uh Pitt's winning right now, um, so that's good. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I'm, my computer's really struggling to play the pit game and this, but I am literally refusing to turn the pit game off. It was a big thing before we went live here. So if I, if you guys lose me in the middle of the show here, uh, there's a decent gone. chance that A, I don't come back, and yeah, B, I, I, I'm not going to apologize for it. Yeah. Yeah, we got one shot at this. We got one shot at this. Calm down, Eminem. Um, hey, I, I have no love loss for pit. You know, I mean, I shouldn't say that. That's not what I mean to say. Like, I have no problem with pit. That's what I meant to say. Um, you know, so I'm rooting for Pitt tonight. Good for Pitt. Thanks. I'll never root for Penn State. Maybe if maybe it's like for the this like the destruction of the universe or something, I would root for Penn State if it means that, that doesn't happen. But that's the only scenario. So, is there any any team that you would root for Penn State? What about Penn State versus West Virginia? I think I'd root for West Virginia. Ooh. Well, I'd really root for a, a, a some sort of, you know, projectile Disaster. to hit the stadium and just the whole thing craters into itself. Yeah, yeah. No one needs to get harmed for it. I just don't want a team to win. That's fair. We're not rooting just for postpone a mass the extinction game. event. Yeah, just well, maybe I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of Penn State, though, they're up, so we're both in a good moods today here. Um. But before we get into the show here, um, we got a jam-packed lineup for you guys coming every single week. Just content after content after content. We got college football mornings every single day. Austin and I do the waiver wire on Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris and Matt do the shows the other days of the week. We uh, have the Friday. You're looking forward to some of these high school games. Chris is dropping some betting prospects. Um, it's, it, it, there, it's just short little, you know, 10, 15 minute videos just to start your morning off. Right. Uh, then we also have the Friday night lights, which is a new show. Uh, it's recapping some of the top performances in high school football. Uh, that's going to be Matt Bruning. Um, we got David at solving football, big wide receiver guy. Those guys will be, um, breaking down what all these performances mean, uh, in terms of a recruiting effort. And then, other big announcement, if you've missed it on Twitter, we have a new show on the Better Sports Network. Uh, Saturday mornings, we're going to be live from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. I uh, download the Better Sports app uh, to listen in there. Um, you can call in on shows. This is like a radio show. Um, call in, get you know, comment. Um, we're going to be, you're definitely going to want to tune in this Saturday. We're going to be giving away an autographed jersey of a former Heisman winner. Uh, anybody who tunes in is going to get a chance to win, so not going to want to miss that. We're going to be bringing you the tailgate uh, right after that. 
slight change in that programming. We're going to start that one at 1030. Yeah. Um, you know, since we have the other show running right up until 10. So we're going to do tailgate 1030 to noon, leading you right up till kickoff. Then we got college football tonight coming to you live after the last uh, after the big game there, uh, probably around 11 o'clock Eastern time ish. Uh, we got bet on C2C in week three with Brandon Sanders, Chris K, Ethan Sowers, tons and tons of other in-season articles, weekly content. We just announced uh, the addition of a new person on staff. We got Justice bringing some IDP insight to us. We got you covered from everything. You don't have to go anywhere else. Just stay with us. Yes. Uh, but this yes. podcast is, yes, for life. Uh, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Forever. Points Media Group. <laughs> along with a ton of other great pods oh, uh you can follow all of them on twitter at fantasy points live or check out the friday drops that recap the week in the fantasy points media group uh opening with some news here uh just a couple quick hitters kellen mond was waived by the vikings um austin's favorite quarterback there uh, i think the dream is dead on kellen mond at this point uh, the Bills cut O.J. Howard, and he signed with the Texans. Uh, that one went pretty quick. Um, Sony Michelle also released uh, and signed pretty quickly, released by the Dolphins, signed by the Chargers. LaVisca Chenault goes to a new team. He was traded to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and the Ravens signed Kenyon Drake as well. Uh, but for some of the more interesting news here, some of the more discussion-worthy news here, the 49ers restructured Jimmy G's contract. Uh, they raised the salary this year, uh, and then they lowered next year's salary to just an $8.5 million cap hit. Uh, so he will be on the 49ers roster this year. Um, Lance Trey Lance is still expected to start, but Austin, what does this mean for Trey Lance moving forward? Yeah, um, so I think it this, this, this deal doesn't have any bearing on, on Trey Lance. I think I've seen a lot of people kind of doing the old – well, this is because they don't believe in Trey Lance, and so they want to have a, a backup there that that um, that they can step in basically as soon as he fails. Like they they don't want him there. The, the staff doesn't want him there. I don't I, I I don't think that's really close to correct. I mean, first off, they don't really have another guy on the team that's a backup at all. They have Brock Purdy, who okay, whatever, he, he PFF graded him great during the preseason. Like, congratulations. He's not really a guy that you would be comfortable as an NFL coach if your starter went down to tomorrow that you would want to throw out there. They don't have anybody else really on that roster at all. And Trey Lance, for everything that he can do, he's he's a mobile guy. Like there There is risk of injury there. Um, so I think, you know, one, he's insurance in case something happens to Trey Lance. And two, I mean, I think it makes sense for – for Garoppolo, who was going to get cut and probably make less than that or wasn't guaranteed to make more than that. So I think it makes sense for both parties. I don't think this is an indictment on Trey Lance. I still think it's Trey Lance season. I mean, whatever he does, he does. But I think that for the most part, you know, unless he's just terrible, he'll have that job. So I um, I don't really get the sentiment that it's that it's um, it, it's because of their anti Trey Lance, whatever. I just I think that's bad analysis. Yeah, I completely agree with you. If, if somebody else, if somebody in your league has Lance and they're panicking over this news, I'm going and buying him right now because I completely agree with you. I don't think this is an indictment on Lance at all. Like I said, I think it makes sense for both parties there. Um, 
every other quarterback position around the league is pretty much settled at this point. You know, um, we'll talk about the one job here in a minute that like is kind of unsettled. But other than that, everything is pretty set. He wasn't going to go anywhere and get a starting job this late in the game here. So why not get a little bit more money this year? You lower the cap hit next year. He's probably cut next year. Hopefully they do him right. They cut him early enough in the offseason. He can go compete, legitimately compete for a starting job. But I think that's what they're doing with this. It's just Trey Lance insurance. If something happens with him or if he is just absolutely terrible, then they can move Jimmy G in there. They know what they have in a backup. But I don't see Trey Lance being absolutely terrible. I, I think he's going to play well enough to hold this job. So, yeah, I still think this is wheels up for Lance. Yeah, exactly. But, exactly. Yeah, but as I alluded to, there is one position that's one quarterback position that's kind of up in the air. I mean, uh, the Seahawks did name Geno Smith the starter. Um, but do we feel confident he starts all year? Does anybody feel confident in Geno Smith at all anymore? We kind of know what he is at this point, right? Um, does it matter who got the start here? Like, I don't like, I don't know. The Geno Smith news came and went, and nobody was like, adjust DK Metcalf, adjust yeah. Tyler Lockett, adjust anybody on the offense. Like, I think we just have a range that these guys were going to go in regardless because neither option is particularly good. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I, I'm curious if he starts all year. I mean, I know that was your question. Maybe. Um, I don't think it matters one way or the other, though. You know, like it's just you're benching him for a guy that does a lot of the same things and also fails to do a lot of the same things. Yeah, I mean, I did see on Twitter, and I really wish I could remember who it was. Um, somebody had tweeted out that during Geno Smith's like three-week stint last year as a starter, um, DK Metcalf was actually – a good fantasy option throughout them. I believe he was like a the fantasy like wide receiver nine through that stretch. Small sample size, but I, I think that it's I'm not adjusting my rankings accordingly, but I'm not fading DK quite as hard as I was before. Um I just think Drew Locke is a pretty terrible quarterback here. I think the dream is dead on Drew Locke. Uh, I think it, you know ship has sailed. This was this was his last shot. His last even, yeah. yeah. He can't even beat out Geno Smith. I mean, it would really wouldn't surprise me if he's not in the league anymore in, in a year or or two, you know. Um, he's just not the type of quarterback that sticks around for a long time as a backup or whatever, you know. He's not Chad Henney. He's not Chase Daniel. He's not one of those guys. Um, he had a lot of potential and just they never really developed, never really realized it. So I think the dream is dead there. Um, but... Moving on to some potentially better news here. Marlon Mack was cut by the Texans. Uh, Damon Pierce now projected as the starter. Fourth round rookie for the Houston Texans. Damon Pierce. Um, we're a college show. We evaluate. We evaluate, guys. What are your thoughts here on uh, on Damon Pierce? Um, I didn't hate him coming out. I didn't have him as like a top three or four back. I think he was in like the seven to eight range. I think the Texans is basically the best landing spot that he possibly could have gotten because there really wasn't any competition there. Um, I'm interested to see what he does this year. He seems like the kind of guy, you know, I play one redraft league every year. We actually just had our draft tonight. I'm pretty interested in him for redraft. 
But I do think the price has got, like, I've seen people kind of asking for like late 2023 firsts for him. And so I probably won't end up buying. I had him on a couple of C2C leaks. Obviously, in those, I'm, I'm holding him, or if I can sell eventually, I, I will. But um, it's, uh, it, I, I don't think that he's a special player by any stretch. I just, you know, the opportunity for a lot of these running backs is what, what ends up making them. I don't know that he's so good that they don't go out and get somebody next year. Because the thing is, they don't have, like, anything on the depth chart. It's not like he beat out, like, another back, and now this guy's going to be his backup or whatever. Like, they don't have a lot else. you got to figure at least, at worst, they're going to spend, like, a, a fourth or fifth round pick on a guy next year in what's supposed to be a pretty decent running back class. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, this was the absolute best scenario for him in terms of landing spot. I mean, he has a legitimate shot to compete as the starter seems like he's going to get the starting role here from everything that it sounds. Um, I think he's a sell candidate because if people are asking for, and you know, so somebody's willing to give up a first for him, that's a no brainer. I probably don't move him for a second at this point in the year. Um, Cause I do think he'll return some value for you all year. You know, he will be a startable asset, but I don't think he's a long-term asset. So like you said, I think that they could be, he was a fourth round pick, you know, and, fourth round picks are very replaceable so they could easily draft somebody in next year's class which is a better receiving class or a better running back class and then you know best case scenario at that point he's splitting work and i do think he's a good enough back that you know he'll stick on rosters he'll be he'll split work with you but that's not somebody you want for fantasy purposes here so i went back and looked I went back and looked through old tweets of mine just to see you know what i'd ever said about him a couple weeks ago um to delete all the ones that were anti him obviously um and i my earliest one that i could find from him was right after ceh got drafted and i said if you like ceh i think damian pierce has a lot of the same characteristics that that ceh has like that low center of gravity like that that you like to see out of these backs kind of a, a thicker lower half like bowling ball ish but i think pierce is a little more bowling ball than ceh he just seems like he's a little bit a little bit thicker um so i mean I, I i like him yeah i think he's gonna stick around in the nfl for a long time i just this feels more uh and not like i know it's not comparable because like you know he came from florida like what an indictment on that coaching staff when i'm going to talk about that here today yeah um he feels more like james robinson from the sense that like this doesn't feel like it's long-term sustainable as opposed to a uh, somebody else that um but but every now and then one of those lower ranked guys comes around and hangs out for a little bit and chris carson had a few good years there so uh it's definitely not uh unheard of for a guy in the fourth round is obviously not uh not like he was completely ignored yeah it's not it's not nothing um you know we have had kind of had to shift our uh expectations in terms of running backs uh, in the past couple of years here in terms of the draft capital because you just aren't seeing as many guys go in the first so now you know a running back that gets taken in the second like a deandre swift like a jonathan taylor those are the kind of guys that you know used to go in the first round um now it's very rare that somebody does so and with everybody sliding back around the fourth round isn't nothing but i do think it's still a replaceable asset. Um, now, I mean, the Texans may have other draft needs at that point in time, so they may not draft anybody. Maybe they bring in a veteran next year and try and, you know, give him some sort of competition, but he beat out Marlon Mack, um, you know, so well, you know he could reasonably... 
they have plenty of draft capital over the next couple of years. That that's the good news. If you're, yeah. if you're a Texans fan, maybe not so good. And like, I, I, there's almost probably nobody on that team that like is irreplaceable right at this very, very moment, just because of the sheer amount of capital they have. Like if there's a guy they love, they can go get them or they, you know, can, can afford to, to double up a position or something. So I, that's going to be a really big question mark for them, like any position, like when do they replace Brandon cooks? Do they replace, um, uh, Mills there? Do they replace Damian Pierce? Uh, you know, Brevin Jordan got a little bit of hype or they, I, I saw they're, they're going after what OJ Howard. Um, so maybe, maybe they're not drafting tight end, but like there's, there's a lot of positions that were basically, they, there's a decent chance that the guy that that's there now, maybe isn't that guy in a year or, you know, give, give him another year, two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, quarterback, probably one of the biggest positions there that you could find, uh, that, that could be replaced soon. So, um, but I think we spent enough time here on Damian Pierce. Um, over into wide receiver news, Jalen Rager, former first round pick from the 2020 class, uh, traded to Minnesota for a conditional fourth and a sixth round pick. Uh, Minnesota now has two first round wide receivers from the 2020 class. Um, do we care about Jalen Rager here at all, or is this just a great troll job from Minnesota? Um, I actually don't want to like completely bury him. Is that weird to say? This is the kind of roster that I think he can go to and sit as the, the fourth guy on the depth chart or whatever and make the occasional play. There's no pressure on him to, to, to be that guy like there was in Philly. Um, and let's be honest, like no fan base is as tough really as kind of that Philly fan base, not even the New York ones, not even, um, you know, insert other big fan base here. Um, so I think Minnesota is actually a, a decent spot for him. I don't expect him to like ever be a producer really, but I do think if you had to choose a place for him to go and kind of be like a fringe guy that matters and kind of rehab his stock, then I think Minnesota uh, is certainly a, a decent spot uh, for him to do that. So I'm, I'm glad that he's there. Uh, they got a pretty decent pick package for him. It actually was more than I thought they would get. Um, but, um, you know, good good for him. I, I, and I do hope that – that um, I actually think being with, with Jefferson will help, like, the memes go away of, you know, they, it's, <laughs> they, they took him over Jefferson, like – I think it'll help a little bit. I think that they can make a joke out of it, the two of them together and, uh, you know, kind of get that monkey off his back too. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I, I think it's a funny troll job by Minnesota there. Uh, just given all the memes, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is about as good of a place as you could have hoped for here. Um, and Adam Thielen is 32, yeah. you know? So. And hit the, the next guy there isn't there yet. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's not KJ yeah. Osborne. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne's a fine number three, um, but I think this is a good chance for for Jalen Rager to potentially make something out of his career here. He's never going to be, uh, you know, he's never going to live up to that first round draft capital. He's never going to be what some people thought, but that doesn't mean he can't carve out a, a little bit of a career and then hang around on some rosters here. And I think this exactly. is a good opportunity for him to do that. But exactly. Um, for fantasy, I think the dream is, is kind of dead at this point, but I think most people kind of realize that. Um, other wide receiver potential trade news, Denzel Mims um, has asked for a trade from the Jets. Uh, I can't really 
blame him on that one. I mean, you know, they brought in Corey Davis. They in free agency, then they drafted Elijah Moore. They drafted Garrett Wilson. They're clearly not going to use him. Um, so he may as well try and get out if he can. Is there any way, anywhere that he can go that we would care about him at all for fantasy? Can they send him back to Baylor? That's about <laughs> that's about the only place I would care. <laughs> um, I don't know if he can go back. I think he's out of eligibility once you. Uh, uh, well, then, well, go then to the no, NFL, I'm not. But, I'm not uh, I, no, there's not really an NFL team that that uh, that he he could go to. I mean, he couldn't stand out on that roster. Like, yeah, what does he do well? I can't really think of anything. I guess he's got he's decently athletic, but he tested better than he functions, in my opinion. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, his his testing numbers were better than his actual functional athleticism here. And, you know, I I got suckered in a, in one or two places in by those testing numbers and that, you know, seemingly open depth chart. And, you know, sometimes those are just guys that you miss on. Um, you know, you don't you never had to spend anything big on him. But I think the dream is dead. Didn't he go as like a late first round pick the year he came out? Am I imagining? I never saw. I never saw him there. I when I whenever I took him, it was like mid second. Okay. Um, but I mean, I'm sure there were some people who were really hyping him up. Yeah, some people um, fell in love with that athletic profile. Yeah, I was gonna say I know a lot of people fell in love with that athletic profile. So I don't know. Maybe that what you were gonna say? That what you were gonna say, Colin? The same was was literally the same exact sentence I said. Word for word. Have you not picked up on how this works yet? Half of the time, I just repeat what you say. And it just makes me sound smarter. I just say it in a way that comes off a little bit nicer. So people don't always catch on it. You just change Um, the inflection from down to up at the end of the sentence? Is that what you do? Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. It's it's worked so far. Um, But last bit of news here. Make it. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, is out until at least week five. He is on the non-football injury list. Um, definitely wishing him a speedy recovery uh, after that attempted robbing and, and gunshot injury here. Um, we won't really go too much into that side of things, but is this Antonio Gibson's last chance to kind of be what we hoped he could be or, or to even just save some sort of fantasy relevancy for himself? Um, I think, well, it, it'll be his last chance there. Um, I think he can go somewhere else, but, uh, this whole song has been so weird to me. Like, I guess if the coaching staff just wants a guy to go out there and get like, you know, we, we need you to get four yards. Like there's value in that, but what's Brian Robinson's upside? Like he wasn't a bad college player. He shouldn't be a starting running NFL running back for, for a team that, I mean, I I get it. Carson Wentz is so bad. I guess they're just like, we need some stability. It's somewhere, it's somewhere at some point on this offense, but I don't think this is the way to do it. Um, I do like, this is second guy in two off seasons, second rookie to get like attacked like this. What Jalen Twyman got attacked like this last year too. the D lineman mm-hmm. from Pitt is on the Vikings now. Um, so, I mean, bad, bad luck two years in a row for two of these guys. Um, pretty, pretty crazy stuff all around. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know, I agree with you for, in terms of, you know, Brian Robinson Jr., kind of a, a three yards, four yards, and a cloud of dust kind of guy. But that's kind of what Ron Rivera's play style always resembles. I mean, you know, he has the Riverboat Ron mentality here, but or the Riverboat Ron nickname here. But that was never really like a 
staple of his game being like a risky innovative type of a guy um so yeah i am hoping that antonio gibson can go somewhere else but i do think the dream is dead here even with the you know the unfortunate um injury to brian robinson jr and the fortunate incident there because they brought back jd mckissick too you know so jd mckissick can serve that passing down role antonio gibson's not really a between the tackles banger so uh, I, I'm hoping he goes somewhere else here, but if you can use this as a window, I'm probably selling him at this point. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. But we'll get into the the meat of the show here, and it's the season predictions. Last year, uh, we made some predictions. Uh, you know, right before the season started here, um, I will read them off. And then we won't have any discussion on it. We'll just move right into 2022. How does that sound for you, Austin? Sure. Why not? I didn't listen to a word you said that I'm watching Pitt. Sorry. So go, go ahead. Whatever you, whatever you were doing. Whatever you were doing. I know you didn't. And I'm I'm going to be nice about this. Um, but uh, last year, 2021 Fantasy MVP, Austin uh, chose Calvin Ridley as his oh. choice. And I chose Lamar Jackson. Uh, comeback player of the year, so a player who disappointed last year, but will have a big injury. And notable was not, um, you know, due to injury like a Christian McCaffrey or, or a Barkley or anybody like that. Um, Austin chose Antonio Brown. I chose Mike Williams. Rookie of the year, Austin chose Zach Wilson. I chose Justin Fields. Uh, breakout player of the year, Austin chose CEH. I chose DeAndre Swift. Underperformer of the year, Austin chose Jonathan Taylor. I chose Stefan Diggs. So, Austin's still not paying attention. I can see the look on his face right now. He's watching the game. Um, but for anybody who listened to that list, I hope you realize why I'm being nice to Austin here. Um, this year's not, better. Not, this year, th we'll say this year's better. Um, 2022, uh, any, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some ADP here. The ADP data we get, it's all from Fantasy Pros. Uh, but Austin, who is your 2022 Fantasy MVP? Um, so my MVP this year is DeAndre Swift. And I picked him because I think he's reasonably late enough in ADP. Uh, you, you looked up his ADP here. It's like 14 and a half overall. So he's a second round guy, RB8. And I think if he stays healthy the whole year, he has a pretty good chance to, to beat that. Um, just because of what he can do all around as a pass catcher and as a rusher. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to make like a thousand thousand prediction for him or anything. I'm not sure that Detroit's offense is going to be quite good enough to have him do that. But um, I mean, I think he has seven, 60, 70 reception upside plus, and I think he can get a, a, over a thousand yards on the ground. And that's a guy that if, if he hits those marks, then I, I think that puts him over a couple of the guys in front of him that um, they quite frankly don't have that receiving ceiling. Um, the big hangup for him has been, you know, can he stay healthy? And then the other one is, you know, just can this offense as a whole move the ball consistently enough? But I think they have just enough pieces there now with Hawkinson and uh, Jamison Williams and Almond Russell Brown, and then uh, obviously him in the backfield to, to make that happen. Um, so I, I'm going to pick him as the MVP as a guy that, and I think next year he's going to go in the first round uh, of, of um, um, like redraft, which is kind of how I'm determining, you know, the, the rise in value there. Cause he's already pretty mostly capped out in value in, in like dynasty formats or, you know, C2C, but effectively the same thing at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's already like a, like a first round guy um, in, 
redraft or in um uh c2c's or or dynasty drafts i mean unless unless it goes insanely qb heavy um but yeah no i, I like that call there my choice for fantasy mvp here is travis kelsey uh he's going as the tight end one uh, adp of 14 so pretty high there but i think travis kelsey can put up top five top three wide receiver numbers this year i mean i think he's going to have a phenomenal year i, I mean he is the only real option left on that in that passing attack. I mean, they bring in Juju. He was on a one-year deal. They did restructure that a little bit and added some incentives to him, uh, which is a good sign. But for all intents and purposes, Travis Kelsey is going to be the wide receiver one in this Chiefs offense that I think is going to bounce back this year. They had a little bit of a down year last year, but I still like Mahomes. I like a lot of the the – you know, like Andy Reid, I like a lot of what they do there. And I think Travis Kelsey is going to be so far above the next best tight end here that he just gives you some, he's going to give you a massive positional advantage this year that you just can't get anywhere else. It's fair. Um, I usually like, I, I, so I guess, I guess I play two redraft leagues because I just caught fishbowl too. And I always try to get Travis Kelsey in there. I got, I got him again this year for the second year in a row. Um, I felt yeah. pretty good about it. Yeah, same. Um, I'm I'm targeting him pretty heavily in, in redraft leagues. I was targeting pretty heavily in that one. Um, but did you get him? Did we got the cupfish. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very happy with my team in that. But we won't talk about our teams. Please. Um, uh, comeback player of the year this year, uh, Austin. Who you got? Um. So, oh, actually, so I did just want to honorable mention Kamara real quick. Mm, okay. As a guy that I think. Um, just because of the uncertainty about him uh, having facing a suspension at the beginning of the year, really saw a dip in stock. And I think there's a chance that he uh, he crushes whatever his ADP is right now. Um, just like absolutely just blows it out of the water. So um, I, I think he's definitely kind of a um, skeleton key type guy. And definitely was early in the offseason. I also have him and Scott Fish. So um, on to comeback player of the year. So I, I chose Jerry Judy. And, you know, I know that he played a lot of the season last year. He suffered that high ankle sprain in week one, though, missed a couple games, and then he wasn't really right when he came back. Um, oh, and, I, I, you know, he, he did not have a great statistical, statistical season because of that. Uh, I expect, you know, improved quarterback play. Russell Wilson signed that big contract. Um, he has Cortland Sutton there uh, across the way from him. I think this is a pretty potent offense overall. Um, and so I expect, actually expect Judy to be the leading receiver here. And the fact that some sort of reporter or something asked, uh, Russell Wilson the other day, like who were the the top players on this team or like, who are the great players or something? He mentioned Jerry Judy by name and did not mention Cortland Sutton just for anybody out there keeping score at home. So, um, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm all in on Judy third year is going to be the charm here. I I agree with you. I, I like Judy a lot there too. I did think it was notable too, um, Russell Wilson's comments. So, uh, I, I I'm on the Judy train as well. Um, I think it's a good choice here. My choice for comeback player of the year uh, is another Kansas City Chief, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, you know, he had that huge year in Pittsburgh opposite Antonio Brown, and just really hasn't quite lived up to it ever since. Like he's been fine. Uh, and then last year, just not a not a very good year. And he gets a new opportunity this year. 
in on a great team with a great quarterback and he will be the wide receiver one um for this team you know travis kelsey will be the number one receiving option on this passing attack but you know i think juju is still a very good receiver uh i think you know he's gonna see a massive bump here um in quarterback play compared to end of year uh, ben roethlisberger so I, you know, I, I, he's going right now wide receiver twenty four ADP of sixty five point five. I think he's going to beat that pretty comfortably. I think he's going to be a back end um, wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. I think he'll finish in that like twelve to fifteen range by the end of the year. Music to my ears. I agree. My only concern with him is the knee injury that sounds like it could linger a little bit, um, but I do feel pretty good about him. Um, you know, Sky, Sky Moore, Shmy Moore, um, you know, Miko Hardman, Shmiko Hardman. Like, don't give me any of those. He's the best receiver, like wide receiver. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Schmarquez, Schmaldez, Schmantling. Yeah. Yeah, get, get them all out of here. They're all Schmitty. <laughs> um, all right, next we got the Offensive Rookie of the Year here. Who you got for this one? Um. Tough decision here. I think there's a couple guys because there's no real obvious answer. I'm going to go with Drake London, though. I just think the volume that he's going to see this year is going to be enough to propel him over some of these other guys. We don't know what the Jets quarterback situation is going to be like all year. Flacco sounds like he's going to be the guy here for at least a little bit to start. You know, when Zach Wilson comes back, is he even an upgrade? I I don't know. Um, probably not. Then, um, um you know, you're a guy who I, I'll, I'll leave him out of here. Um, there's a couple other names, but I, I just don't think any of them are going to necessarily pickens. I'm not sure he sees the the volume that people expect him to. I'm not picking. I'm not picking any of the quarterbacks. Um, so give me London. There, there's nothing else beyond Kyle Pitts in that team that that is going to be in his way. Um, quarterback play for him will be a concern as well. But uh, unlike Garrett Wilson, he doesn't have Elijah Moore and Corey Davis uh, to go up against. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that London, uh, it won't be uh, a huge year. He might not even quite crack 1,000 yards. But I think it'll be enough in just kind of an underwhelming rookie performance class uh, to, to get that title. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is an underwhelming rookie class here. Um you know, we, we had kind of been saying it for, for a while, you know, this class wasn't that great. You know, the, there's a couple guys at the top there and then that's really about it. Everybody else is kind of meh. Drake London kind of fell in my meh category. Uh, you know, he does go to my Atlanta Falcons and they are starving for offensive talent. So yeah, I absolutely see a path for him to offensive rookie of the year that it's not there for very many other players. Uh, players this year uh, my candidate here Brees hall uh running back for the new york jets adp of 39 uh rb 19 um i think he's really the only other option here that you could say for this i mean maybe kenny pickett if he gets that starting nod early enough in the year kenny pickett could potentially be a candidate for this but i don't really feel all that confident in it and i know you know there's still reports out there that michael carter is the rb1 for the Jets, uh, but I think Brees Hall is a very talented back. I think Michael Carter is much better as a, in a complimentary role. I think these guys will be a one-two punch, but I don't think it's going to be that long before Brees Hall kind of becomes the 1A um, in that committee. And I think that'll be enough in a disappointing rookie class here to be the offensive rookie of the year. You know, like you said, with Drake London, I don't know if he hits a thousand yards there. 
Uh, I don't know that it's not a great quarterback situation. So yeah, give me Brees Hall on this one. I um I just worry about that Jets offensive line. I actually think he disappoints this year, and then he's the kind of guy you can buy this offseason. I don't That's necessarily just disagree how with he that. Strikes me, yeah. yeah. I think it'll be. I think that that line will make it difficult. And regardless of who's a quarterback, nobody's scared of them. Like you're going to make Zach Wilson beat you. You're going to make. You're going to. I mean, at this point, you're probably hoping that you know you're going to make Joe Flacco do it too. So. Um, I, uh, I I I think that he underwhelms a little bit this year. I could That's certainly not good see that. Season either. Yeah. So yeah. I could certainly see that, but like I said, I, I don't see who else is is going to be a candidate here. I mean, Isaiah Spiller is is dust. Um, you know, uh, Kenneth Walker. He's dealing with an injury. Um, you know, maybe he could potentially do it. You know, if he has a big late season, um, but he's dealing with an injury right now. You have Jameson Williams too, you know, still working his way back from an injury. The Jets, we you know, we talked about them and and, and the quarterback play there. Um, you know, I, I don't really see a lot of other options in this one. Like I said, Kenny Pickett maybe, but it, it's a it's a shallow pool of players to pick from this year. Um, but bigger pool of players here. We have breakout player of the year here. Uh, who you got for your breakout player? Um, I had, I, this was actually the one that I had the most difficult, uh, decision choosing. Cause I think there's a couple different names that I could have gone with here. Uh, but I, I chose Tua, Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback from the Dolphins. I think this offense, they finally got it tailored around what his strengths are with, you know, having a lot of these just uber mobile guys around him and he's accurate and, uh, works really well in rhythm and on time and, and, um, you know, he can move around a little bit. Um, I think that, that the, this, the, the confluence of all those different factors leads him to have a really good year. At least the dolphins have a pretty good year, at least offensively. I, I'm, I will admittedly, just, I don't, I don't really know what their defense looks like. Um, so I'm not picking them to, you know, win the AFC or anything, but I, I think the offense as a whole looks really good. Um, I think too, is at the, the center of that. And it sounds like the whole team is kind of bought into him. Like, I'm almost wondering if. I'm not really wondering, I'm pretty sure it's true, but I, I, the, the last coaching staff didn't really want him and i think they tried to do their best to kind of bury him and now that they're gone i think we just see him flourish without that negative you know whatever uh around the team and around you know his presence there yeah i, I i'm a big two a guy this year too here um you were a big two a guy last year too so i, I was you, yeah you've been was, a long time believer yeah, I've I was pretty high on Tua. Um, he was my number one quarterback in that class pre-injury. Um, you know, post-injury, I did bump Joe Burrow up ahead of him. But you know, I like Tua a lot as a player, and, and I think, like you said, I think this offense is set up really, really well for him to do what he does best, and that's just be a Steve Nash, you know, be a John Stockton, and just you know deliver the ball and let his guys make plays. Let Tyreek Hill, let Jalen Waddle. Go out there and make some plays. Um, my come my breakout player of the year here uh, is a guy who had a, a little bit of a mini breakout last year. Um, Christian Kirk, wide receiver for the Jags this year. Uh, you know he kind of took over after uh, DeAndre Hopkins got hurt last year. Um, they had twenty one percent target share when Hopkins was out. Um, you know, so he had career highs in targets, receptions, yards last year. But still pretty underrated 
Uh, and, you know, now he moves on to this Jacksonville team that they have a quarterback that we like. Like, I still believe in Trevor Lawrence's talent, even though he had a disappointing year last year. Uh, I think the offense will be better under Doug Peterson and company. It's hard to be worse, but I, I think it'll be better. Doug Peterson runs a pretty solid offense there. And he's Christian Kirk's pretty clearly the, the best wide receiver on this roster. I mean, they have the, the ghost of Marvin Jones. Um, they traded uh, LaVisca Chenault away. So this is going to be his show here. Uh, he is currently going off as the wide receiver 42 with an ADP of 108.5. And I think he crushes that. I think he can get up to back-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three numbers. So, you know, we're looking at maybe wide receiver 25-ish, you know, maybe down into the 30. But I, I still think he has a, huge, a big year from this. And I think he'll be a steady producer. I mean, he's going to operate in the slot there. I think just week in, week out, he's a guy that you could plug into your flex and get some really nice numbers for this year. So uh, give me uh, Christian Kirk. Sure, why not? I actually almost put Trevor Lawrence as my my breakout. So um, I think for one to happen, the other one probably is likely too. Yeah, I like that. Uh, if you know, Not everybody can have a breakout performance, though. Um, some people have to underperform. So who do you have here as your underperformer of the year? I put Cam Akers, um, and I realized that his, the excitement around him is not quite what it was before, uh, for obvious reasons, but he's still RB17 and ADP, ADP of, in the top 40, really. I mean, he's a top four-round pick, and there's already just like not a lot of great news coming out of L.A. about him at all. I mean, they're, they're talking about Daryl Henderson a lot. Um, Acres apparently still hasn't really recovered, if I had to guess. Um, and this offense, like I just, they added a Rob, like they, they went out and, and really got some other pieces here. I think they they fade even a little further away from the run this year, and when they do go to it, it's kind of a split. Um, I don't I don't love Cam Acres this year, and I think this is the kind of like he's the kind of guy that that uh, we look at uh, uh, drafts like three years from like you know. Three years from now, we look back at this year's draft and we're like, do you remember when people were still taking Cam Akers like in the top three rounds, basically? Like, that's crazy because he's like not in the league anymore. That it really feels like we're on that kind of a trajectory for him, which is a bummer because it's not really his fault. I mean, the Achilles injury kind of just the, the, the kiss of death there for him. Yeah, I mean, that, that Achilles injury is brutal. Uh, you know, I know I liked him a lot as a prospect coming out. You liked him a lot as a prospect coming out as well. Um, and it is. I thought he had a really high potential there in the Rams. I'm not ready to write him off for dead yet, but I can definitely see him being an underperformer given some of the reports that we've had come out of camp here early. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, if his ADP is too high, ADP 38. Um, I'm not taking him there. There's a couple places where I still have him. Um, you know, I took him in one redraft league this year, but it was later than that. I think it was like around five. So at that point, sure. I'll take a gamble, but I, I could see him being an underperformer this year. Um, my underperformer of the year here is uh, Mark Andrews, uh, tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. He's going off the board as a tight end, too, uh, with an ADP of 25. Um, last year, you know, he really helped people win some championships. I mean, he exploded last year. He had 25% target share last year, averaged 17.5 fantasy points a game. You know, he was uh, a beast and 
they do lose Marquise Hollywood Brown. So, you know, some target competition is gone. But I think this, the Ravens team this year, they're going to run the ball more um, than they did last year. Um, you know, they passed the ball previously from 2019, 2020, you know, less than 46% of the time. I think it re- regresses back to that number or, or pretty close to it. So his volume's going to drop off. And I mean, it's just hard to see him getting the kind of workload that he had last year. I mean, his, he had a hundred and uh, over a hundred targets, you know, that's, that's just un, kind of unheard of at the tight end position. So I think he's going to disappoint his wide, his uh, tight end 25 or uh, tight end two, uh 25th overall ADP. Um, and I think there's going to be a big gap between him and Kelsey. I think there's a huge gap. Yeah, I, I think it's the 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 range that he's going in right now is really bad. Um, and as actually it was coming from someone who was a very big Mark Andrews fan uh, for years, but uh, he's he's way too expensive now. There's I I wouldn't put anywhere. I have I, I've sold him a couple of places this off season, and I'm fine to continue selling him. Just there's there's zero chance, almost zero chance. Yeah, I would. And slight correction, he had 153 targets last year, which is insane. Uh, for a tight end, but all right. Um, just a quick recap of the list. Fantasy MVP. Austin went with Deandre Swift. I went with Travis Kelsey comeback player of the year. Austin went with Jerry Judy. I went with Juju, uh, offensive rookie of the year. Austin went with Drake London. I went with Brees Hall breakout player of the year. Austin went with Tua. I went with Christian Kirk and underperformer of the year. Austin went with Cam makers. I went with Mark Andrews. Are you feeling better than than last year's results here? Are we feeling a little more confident this year? Um, maybe a little bit. I um, I do just want to stick up for my Antonio Brown call, which I think would have been correct. Um, sans meltdown, so um, mm-hmm. I don't feel bad about that pick. Um, yeah, who could have who could have seen that coming? Obviously, who, who saw an Antonio so Brown meltdown coming? I I, I didn't. Not I not me. Surely not me. Yeah, he he has never burned my favorite team before. I. I I had Ever. No, no. Out of left field. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, as always, check out the other pods that we have over on the feed. Uh, we got Mondays, Chasing the Natty. Tuesdays, we have Campus Life. Wednesdays, we have the new bet on C2C. Thursdays, we have Debbie Debate. And um, Fridays, we have this show, Canton Bound. Uh, and then we also have Back to Debbie, the only Debbie show on our network. Um, no other show does Debbie content like Corey and Mike do. So after you're done listening to this one, go check that one out here. Uh, definitely assuming tune they, in. Assuming that they send it to me before 2 a.m. They have a habit of doing <laughs> that. Um, lastly, definitely check out the uh, the radio show here on the Better Sports Network. Uh, download the Better Sports app. Uh, tune in at 8 a.m. Uh, to Austin, Felix, Matt, Chris, um, those guys. We're going to be giving away a autographed jersey of a former Heisman winner. Don't want to miss that one. But until then, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.